Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Aaron Larsoul, and this is The Hook. Aaron, basketball is back. Yes. And the basketball has been fantastic. The games have been incredible. So what's the thing we wake up to today? Ben Simmons. Alcohol? To Doc Rivers. Well, oh. <laughs> I feel like it was funny. I was, I was putting together the cocktail for the show. Right. And, and I was sitting there. I was, I was like, man, it feels like I haven't done this in forever. And it's because last week we spoke on Wednesday. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been whatever, 10, 11 days as sort of the normal seven. Yeah. Yeah. It, it had been way too um, long. That so math I, didn't work at all. It's been nine days instead of the normal seven. Cocktails are great though. Yeah. Um, delicious. <laughs> doing math like Jason Kidd. So to, how, how have you been though? You've been, been like a week and a half and we haven't. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've missed you. I missed talking hoops with you. I mean, we've texted a little bit and we've, we've been on the Slack talking, talking hoops a little bit, but mm-hmm. I've missed it. it. It has felt like it's been too long. Absolutely. But I've been, I've been really good. It is, it is reminded me uh, going to go into the game on, uh, on Tuesday, the, uh, the opener, and then watching all of the the hoops yesterday, the the Warriors and, and Clippers was very entertaining yesterday. But it it reminded me how much of of my identity is is tied up in watching basketball and going to basketball games and talking about basketball. So it is uh it is buoyed my my soul. Uh, for like really, really peeling behind. Yeah, it's funny like the the sentence that you just said like buoy basketball buoys your soul sounds does, ridiculous, yeah. but I totally get it. Like I was sitting there and 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 lately because the Dodgers have been playing um in in obviously in their series so I've had the two yeah. TV set up and so I've always had the Dodgers on one of the TVs I actually switched them for good luck and it worked out last night where the Dodgers Excellent. won eleven two yeah so I switched yeah I went the- I went I went to the Dodger game on 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 Wednesday my cousin bullied me into going her boyfriend like told me Tuesday he saw my story Instagram mm-hmm. story of uh all the stuff at the Lakers game. And so at like midnight, Tuesday night into Wednesday, he goes, Oh, you want to go to the Dodger game? we got an extra ticket. And I said, not really. <laughs> um, but then I feel like I should jersey? get out of the house. Did you, did you buy a Trinan Jersey while you were there? I did not. I looked for one. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not have them available. That's a custom order uh, because the Dodgers oh. just have too many, so many superstars that Blake Trinan is not like high up on the preprint list. Um, uh, <laughs> Well, he's also not maybe signed we, for next year, so maybe we need like a Lakers comp <laughs> for him, where like he falls in the pecking order of who's buying the jersey, right? Like you know, Mookie Betts is there and Kershaw's there, and yeah, you know, there's even some Turners and and mm-hmm. and whatever. So you know, you got your you got your AD and and your LeBron and your Westbrook, but like yeah. Blake Blake Trinan like falls down the list somewhere. So uh, he they they didn't have those readily available. Although I assert I assure. All of the hook listeners that I did go in search of a Blake Trinan jersey. After I, I went in search it. of eight beers and nachos, <laughs> <laughs> brisket nachos were delicious. That's and they had, like, they had like a wing platter that was pretty great too. That's so. that's such amazing like like drunken ex behavior. Like you get <laughs> well, so it's not. It wasn't even. It wasn't even drunken because like it takes so long. Yeah, all the lines are so long. We oh had to God, establish yeah. we're doing this like before the game starts, and it's still we didn't get to our seats till the second inning, and we got there very early. So mm-hmm. I had not had all of those beers yet before uh, oh. <laughs> ordered all the food. I will say that it is not cheap buying <laughs> concessions no. at Dodger Stadium. No, no, like Dodger dogs are not good food, and they cost you like thirteen dollars. So that's like the worst food item there, and one of the cheaper ones too is the wild thing. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I've been enjoying the basketball a ton though. And, and, uh, it, you know, we've had double overtime game between the, the Knicks and the Celtics. We had, um, another overtime game, uh, last night was almost an overtime game. Like it was just, it's just been, it's just been really, really good, fun basketball. It's yep. really made me realize how much I missed NBA fans, like yeah, sports with fans. So baseball, football, you know, you can hear the fans and stuff and, and it is a, a big part of the sport and Dodger fans like last night were incredible, like that you could actually see Chavez Ravine rocking, but uh, NBA fans are a little different because it's it's sealed off. Like it's it's right. it's louder. It's kind of like right. hockey. It's the same thing. It's it's so much louder. It shows up more apparently on these broadcasts. And I was watching like Steph go off at Chase Center, and and it was just it was incredible. I I, I loved every second of it. And and it really, like you mentioned earlier, you know, it reminded me how much of of our identity is built up in sports. Whether you do what we do for a living or you're just a fan, like it's just. It's just different when when a sport is present again, fans are present again, and the team that you happen to be rooting for, it certainly helps when they are good. Um, which brings us to the Lakers. Well, so that's well, that's really interesting. I want to point something out because this was the first time Steph had one of those Steph games. Um, yeah. At Chase. Uh, at Chase Center, right? Um, uh, they when they had fans a couple of years ago, the Warriors were awful, and he hurt himself. I think it was four or five games into the year, and then there were no fans. I mean, Steph was incredible last year but there were no fans there or limited fans in some cases so and it, it really reminded me i i thought in connecting this obviously it's a lakers feed but the, that connection that steph has with the building and with the fan base yeah it, like i the the last person i can think of like that is kobe at oh, staples yeah. and lakers fans where like it feels like just the whole building is coming together for their guy and one thing in a like singular specific event that just like the place just goes nuts so it was it, it was really good to see um to see steph do that in in chase and that building was i mean yeah. there's questions about whether it will ever get to the levels of oracle i probably i you know i tend to doubt it but man that was that looked like a lot of fun for everybody it was i i, I can i i can identify exactly what you're talking about here where when kobe touched the ball and he had he was in a rhythm it was almost like he was glowing at Staples Center. Like you knew where mm -hmm. Kobe was at any moment on a basketball court when he was playing at Staples in, in ways like you normally do anyway, or you don't, you normally did anyway. But when Kobe had it going at Staples Center, he like there was it, it, in NBA 2K, you could be like a card that you could play that makes your player better, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and so like with with Steph last night, he had it's like that NBA free... Jam where he's always on fire. Yeah, he just like walks onto the court and it's just like Ghost Rider, yeah. you know. And and Steph last night he had that three on the right wing, running to the right. He touched the ball as soon as he touched the ball. He wasn't even shooting yet, and you were just like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's going in. in. Yeah, that's that was that, yeah, that was that was the <laughs> second one. The one two possessions before that was the one from the Warriors had nothing going, and he was like. Eh, 32 feet away i may as well just throw this one in give us the lead i was gonna i was gonna introduce a new segment we're gonna do this next week but i was gonna introduce a new segment called what was the funniest thing that we saw last night right oh i like this okay and yeah and for me today it would have been paul george saying like hey you got a logo shot in you oh yeah, yeah right you, you, you one get one i one. get one right yeah <laughs> steph was like i mean okay are you sure <laughs> one play later from 40 and also respect to the to, to oracle 
because they haven't no, extended Chase. their logo or Chase. Or Chase sorry. Yeah. That's going to get, get some. Yeah, uh, will. yeah. Yeah. They have the, the, the diamond, the little 75th anniversary diamond. Yeah. But I love that. It's like the regular sized logo, right? That you actually have to fire from distance to be standing yeah, on the logo you're on the logo. That's a deep one. Yeah. That's a deep one. <laughs> Whereas like you see all these, you see all these other arenas like Atlanta, for example, always has this giant logo yeah. that Trey Young is shooting a free throw from. And he's like, from the logo, <laughs> from the logo. Actually, that's a 12 footer. <laughs> he just tapped the backboard. What do you, <laughs> you're not supposed to be able to lay it in from the logo. Is that a logo, logo finger? Oh! Is that a logo finger roll? <laughs> So, so shouts to Chase Center for getting the properly sized logo because, like, when you when you shoot it from the logo, it should actually be an accomplishment. It's wild. Yes. Did you see? Speaking of that logo shot and the funniest thing I saw, wait, you're you're not wrong about PG, uh, who was also fantastic last night. Yeah, uh, and like I'm encouraged. I mean, I don't like admitting this publicly, but I am more encouraged uh, about the Clippers in general mm -hmm. long term from what i saw last night obviously it's small sample size theater but uh, on that logo shot there's some been stuff going around on twitter where they like zoom in on jordan pool on the bench watching it go in and his <laughs> eyes like he looks like what was that jim carrey movie i think the mask was that the one where his eyes like leave oh, his yeah. skull yeah, yeah exactly so jordan pool's eyes just like bug out of his head when that shot goes in <laughs> and there's a great close-up on him going around twitter it's pretty funny yeah well like it's funny that we mentioned kobe earlier but every time there was some new laker and jordan pool isn't a new warrior but but every time there was some new Laker and they see Kobe at Staples for the first time, I used to love watching them on the bench because they would just like take it all in. And it was incredible. Yeah. You know, Shannon guard really, or Shannon Brown really stands out to me there, but, but yeah, I wanted to, we'll, we'll, we'll really briefly touch on this before we get back to the basketball. But like I said, had that great basketball, you wake up the first Shams and Woj notification that you get is Guess what, everybody? Ben Simmons <laughs> is talking to Doc Rivers and the Philadelphia 76ers the morning before game day. It might, it probably has nothing to do whatsoever with the fact that you might get Doc to game check. I think it surely uh, has nothing to do with that. And, and instead of giving like our, our super serious Ben Simmons takes, because we've done that plenty and I don't want this to disrupt it, it you know, the, the, the flow of the show, I just want to know how ridiculous this could get before Daryl Morey says like, okay, yeah, enough is enough. Does Ben Simmons like have to walk out onto the court and shoot on his own basket? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't even think, I don't think Ben Simmons plays here. No, he, he is, he, he has, and, and I, I'm going to take the man at his word and say that he is struggling mentally and emotionally mm -hmm. as someone who, have who to. as someone who struggles with some of those issues myself, I'm just going to take the man at his word. And if he mm -hmm. says he needs some, some help um, to get himself mentally right, then I'm going to take him at his word. Yeah. Now I think if I'm, if I'm the Sixers, I think there is a fair, like not a fair argument, but it's fair to question, you know, that like clutch and Ben are going through like, they're like, I'm, I'm licking my fingers. You can't see us on the yeah. zoom. I'm licking my fingers. Like I'm the Rolodex leafing through a fake book, right? Like <laughs> flipping pages. And they have turned to the page that becomes like a hot button issue that there is no way in the court of public opinion, the Sixers can actually still find him. If he is saying he's struggling mentally and going to get help for it. Yeah. Like that is, that is a protect as it should be. That is a protected category um, in the NBA CBA. 
um, that he cannot be fined if he has a legit, I think it's called like a quote unquote legitimate, you know, difficulty mentally or mental illness or concern Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, I remember, what was his name? There was a, there was a forward from Royce O'Neill. Royce O'Neill. Yeah. He was Iowa state got drafted by the bulls. No, maybe it wasn't bulls. I don't remember where he got drafted. I'm Mm -hmm. confusing with Marcus Pfizer who did get drafted by the bulls and was from, uh, was from Iowa state, but yeah, I mean, it was, and he had issues. Uh, he had anxiety issues and was terrified of flying. And so yeah. they tried to work all of that out. His career, obviously, he didn't play many games in the NBA, but as it should be, people that are suffering from, from mental illness, I mean, we should take care of them and we should yeah. give them. And the team has said, like, we're going to give him whatever help he needs, as they should. But I think, like, the cynical approach could be that like this was the only card that Ben had left to, to not mm-hmm. play, to be there, not play and still not get fined. Right. Now he's not going to play games. He's not going to practice. Um, and the Sixers were hoping that he would go through shoot around. They, they play the nets. I believe it is uh, today as we record this. And so the cynical, the cynical approach could be, well, this is like the last card he had left to not participate and still not get fined. But um, I'm going to take the man at his word. Um, you have to he, he and say he's struggling, um, yeah. and good for him acknowledging it and good for him for going to get help. Daryl Morey yesterday on a, on a radio show, I'd like to be able to credit who it was, but I don't know. Um, basically dug in even more. So how ridiculous is this going to get? I yeah. suspect we are going to talk about this on the hook in perpetuity is how ridiculous <laughs> it's going to get. Cause I don't, Daryl Morey's not going to get bullied into nothing. Yeah. It was funny. It was funny that he said, like, I don't want to waste Joel Embiid's prime. It's like, well, one way you could do that is by (laughs) digging in and not trading and not having somebody play while you don't trade that player (laughs) over the next four years. Yeah, we talked about this. We talked about this, I think, on our first show. Like, what you asked me, like, it's becoming a regular segment. What do you do? NBA teams, how how do you best handle this? And the answer is trade them immediately. Yeah. immediately because the offers are not going to get better mm-hmm. as the situation deteriorates as it does seemingly every day now with every Woj and Shams bomb um, it gets worse the offers get worse mm-hmm. and the I think Daryl yesterday on the radio show was not talking to Ben or even Sixers fans he was talking to other teams saying yeah. I'll sit this out I don't care I don't give a shit I'll hang yeah. out so we need the offers to get better the offers yeah. are not going to get better. Yeah, the GMs are like, that's great that you need that, but we don't care. Cool, bro. <laughs> cool, st- <laughs> cool story, bro. So, like, what should he, what should Maury do now? Get whatever he can get and be done with all of this. Yeah. That's what he should do. Right. No, he's right. Like, Ben doesn't have a lot of leverage because if he's going to just sit out the year, you know, he's not going to get paid. And maybe he will now, but he's not going to get paid. He's not going to mm-hmm. get an extra year of service time with the NBA, which matters for his pension, which matters for getting to that seven to 10 year and then 10 year, you know, his max increases and all of that. But like, I like the idea of Maury saying, Oh, you know, we'll just do this for another two, three, four years. Too bad. Like, okay, cool. Like you're burning clock. I mean, we, we talked about the Warriors a little bit ago, right? Like, Steph is Steph in his prime, maybe the best player in the world in his prime. Like, okay, cool. We got to make some, some decisions about that. Joel Embiid is like in that next tier or the following tier is one of the best players in the world Mm -hmm. and is always an injury risk. 
mm-hmm. uh, missed his first two seasons. Giant human being. Giant human being gets hurt all the time. So like, okay, Daryl, cool, but it might be time to get what you can get to try to maximize whatever you can for Embiid. Oh, that's actually the last kind of thing that I wanted to talk about here. I think that's the thing that actually forces this to get done is that eventually I have to think Joel is already sick. He's, he keeps saying like on our feed or, or not our feed, but on, on the SB nations uh, on the Liberty ballers podcast feed jazz and um, Paul had a conversation about commas because they wanted to figure out whether Joel Embiid was saying, I don't care about that man, or I don't care about that comma man. Very you know, different. Yeah. Punctuation matters. He's, but he's already really sick of it. And, and, and I, I kind of think that is the final straw here that eventually at some point, Joel Embiid walks into Daryl Morey's office and says, Daryl, either you get the shit done or I say, I, I am not available, you know, or I, I start demanding out because this is a poor reflection of the organization that I am playing for an organization that I am committed to. If you aren't committed to this organization and winning instead of this big dick battle that you guys are playing, like what, what is going on here? Get this done so that we can move on. And, and, and the last, the, the other thing that I wanted to say too, it makes me retroactively thankful for like the Utah jazz, the way that they handled the Darren Williams thing where, because mm-hmm. before, before a, a player just randomly leaks, that they want out of a situation like those there, there are, there are cards that are, are, are on the table at some point there that privately, I would hope there are conversations that go on either with, with a player's team and, and the team that they play for or whatever. But yeah, quietly, I mean, you, usually I would, by the time somebody requests a trade publicly, it's been, they, it, it, it's been, they out do there. that because when they've requested a trade privately, nobody's listening. Right. Right. And, and so like, this is where, this is where like you, like you just said a second ago, when's the right time to, or how's the best way to handle this? As soon as you have that conversation with a player where they come to you and they say, look, I don't want to make a stink out of this, but I am unhappy with where I'm at right now, right there. And then, you take the first trade that is going to be made available to you because they aren't going to get any better than that trade, period. Yeah, the problem is by the time by the time it becomes public, um, the offers are already worse because everybody yeah. knows. Right. Um, but what people listening may not know, even when it's private, even before it gets out to Shams and Woj publicly, the league know they've like if you've made that request yeah. somewhere oh, in the league, yeah. the league knows. That's a good point. Um, but that is still the right time because they are yeah. when it's public, they are going to get even worse. Mm-hmm. So the the league knew that Ben wanted out before the public knew, right? When he was the rumblings of him. And to be fair to Ben, like the league also knew he wanted out because Daryl Morey's been trying to trade him for a year. Since Daryl Morey got there, he was trying to trade him. He tried to trade him for 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 Harden. So yeah. Like that wasn't a secret either, but I mean, again, the answer is the sooner the better. And that still holds now because the offers are not going to get better. Yeah. He's not playing. He's not going to play. So the last memory anybody has of him is not great from, from the playoffs. Um, He's not going to play to rehab that value. He doesn't think it's his responsibility anyway. And I don't think, you know, all of this other stuff, all of the, the, him saying you know i'm not like mentally prepared him like seemingly quitting on the team him not showing up all of that stuff i don't know that it hurts all that much you know like among other teams but it doesn't help yeah 
Yeah. Right. Cause I, that I just, it raises the question like, okay, well, what if it gets a little difficult here? Right. What if it's, what if the situation, and we yeah. don't want perfect situations. What if it's not perfect here? Is he going to quit on us too? I don't think it's a huge concern around the league, but it doesn't help. And so yeah. the offers are not going to get better. No. I, and I think Dame, best- Dame said he stayed like, I think that was the one where Philly and Maury was waiting for, you know, it to not go particularly well in, in, uh, in Portland. And then he could say, okay, let Dame like that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, we'll see. I, I really hope that eventually we get to a point where it's just like, if we talk about Simmons, it's just like a, a sentence here or there. We laugh at the latest development and then we move on. But I think you're yeah, also I didn't, right. I didn't in, love, the, I didn't love the, like the mental health stuff because now like that felt we like can't a, make, a step we too can't, far. We can't make fun of that. No, right? so no, not, I, I laughed out loud when they said like Ben has a sore back. <laughs> yeah. I laughed out loud when I saw that. I mean, but, that's the right move though. Yeah. No, it is. No, it is. I agree. That's but it's right also move. hilarious. Oh, like, it it's is. also, it's no, also, it's not, no, it's not. I ha- I have a bad back. It is not hilarious. Oh, I have a bad back too. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, I don't believe that Ben Simmons had a bad back. Like that's what I find funny about it. Of course that, he didn't. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is that like, I, that's you what know. he's supposed to do. Yeah. If, if, oh, see if, now I know this is, this is a, a, a preliminary story time. This isn't actually story time, but yeah. You remember uh, Jamal McGlure, the one-time all-star Jamal McGlure. I think the Charlotte Bobcats all-star one-time Jamal McGlure. Who, Jamal like, McGlory's was... bastards. Yes. That was one was... of my fantasy teams. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. in a, uh, I told you, I'm in a, a fantasy league. I got true bullied me into being a, uh, in a fantasy league. Yeah. And my team name is anything is possible. Ooh, um, there you go. There you go. I don't like fantasy basketball. I think it's like a miserable experience and I'm yeah. already it's kind of over work. it. Yeah, yeah. it's too much work. Anyway. Uh, so Jamal McGlure had him in Portland for a year, maybe two. And he was like an all-star once, but he yeah. was just like, he was like one of the dying breed of just like big plotting centers yeah. that well, he's like, he's the, the one all-star that people point to and says like, that's not it. You can't be, you can't legitimize your career with an all-star appearance because, because Jamal, Jamal McGlure did it. <laughs> <laughs> so he told me, uh, he, he told me, I, I promise there's a point to this. He told yeah. me there are two things that will take all the cool out of a guy, like take all the cool out of you. And I was like, what? Yeah. And he goes, having a daughter and back problems. <laughs> <laughs> Those two things take all the cool out of you. Yes, I do. I have both. You got both? <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out uh, Avery Mountain behind you, which has now turned into, I think I see a piano. Yeah, there's um, like in a addition cat to some piano. blankets. Mm-hmm. There's a cat piano. There's a uh, there's there's a little like we have some pads that we used to. So all right, backstory on that really quickly. I swear we'll move on. But the the toys that we have back there were in our living room, and Jim was like, you know what? It feels kind of cluttered in here. Let's see if we can take her toys and put them all in her room. Well, they didn't all fit. So guess where all of her toys are now? Um, in the corner of your office, they're, which they're I have up- now deemed Avery Mountain, as long as that's acceptable. Yeah, the yeah, uh, here we are. So my 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 office is now made more soundproof by by there you go. Yeah. Except <laughs> except that piano that is leaned up against the blankets and wall. Look, which man, looks like I rock plastic, out on that piano. So it's I, it's I like a it. cat's keys, and I just I just rock out. Um, Tiddlywinks is is the go to. That's not even a song. Chop, a I think it's chopsticks you're looking for. Yeah, that's the one. That's there the you one. Go. So is proof a game that I've I don't actually played. rock out on this cat piano. <laughs> 
Um, the actual basketball that was played and, and, and the way that the season has opened up has been incredible. And some teams, you know, it's the woe or woe game. Some teams are, whoa, Warriors, Nuggets, whoa, look at these guys go. Atlanta, Lakers, yeah. Mavs, oh. <laughs> uh, and I, I want to start here because this is a, a Lakers-centric pod. Uh, what are the chances the Lakers rebound? Like, how confident are you in the Lakers rebounding? And how soon, if you are confident that they rebound, do you think that takes place? So I am confident. And I said, I, I said this in our uh, Slack. We have a, you and I have one. And then there's one with basically everybody that's on the feed. All the, the whole uh, silver screen and roll roster. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are in it, but we that's all where I, I test out my hottest of takes. Yes. The, the, the little trial balloon, the canary mm-hmm. in the coal mine. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and by the way, you do about as well in there as you do on Twitter. So I think, I think you're it's actually correct. In- <laughs> I think they hate me more in that Slack than people hate me on Twitter. <laughs> Which is, uh, to God, but, so I said, I said, uh, I, I mean, look, I am contractually forbidden from gambling on NBA games, mm-hmm. but, um, I made it very clear that I thought the Warriors were going to win on Friday, Friday, yeah. Tuesday, excuse me, mm-hmm. Tuesday. Today is Friday. Tonight, I placed tonight is the a Warriors money line bet. I am not forbidden, and I and I took advantage. I mean, okay, well, if you did so based on my recommendation, I'm happy for you. Oh, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it, it, you know anybody who watched the Lakers in preseason knew, and also watched the Warriors in preseason. Yeah. Um, but I said that I thought the Lakers would lose to the Warriors. This was I don't know Monday or Tuesday before the game, and that I thought the the Lakers would beat the Suns, and I, I still think that is the case. The thing that concerned me uh, Tuesday is that, and and also gives me some hope, right? LeBron was fantastic. I mean, fantastic. AD was yeah. very, very, very good. Um, yep. And and both of them physically look like they are completely ready. But the Warriors didn't play particularly well, and Steph, Steph didn't, didn't shoot play well. particularly mm-hmm. well. So that gives me some pause. But the fact that LeBron and AD uh, looked like basically peak LeBron and AD. And I think that Phoenix will have the Lakers full attention um, because of the unpleasantness of the first round last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because, because everybody the, hates Jake Crowder. Like, let's just be honest. Fuck that guy. And a lot of people, hate, myself included, do not love Chris Paul. Let's oh, say man. that. Welcome to I mean, obviously, club. LeBron, he and LeBron are close and, and Mellow too. But, um, yeah, I, I expect the Lakers to look a lot better than uh, than they did tonight as we record this than they did Tuesday night. Um, but again, like I think there are, especially while so many guys on the wing and are out, I think there are some systemic roster issues that the Lakers are going to have to overcome. And and I've said it on this pod before and other places I've been, and I don't know if I've said it on Twitter, but I think it is a fair question to ask that, because of his malleability, maybe it is more incumbent on LeBron to mm-hmm. adjust more so than Russ, because Russ just maybe isn't capable of adjusting and still being, you know, peak Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russ was awful. He was, I mean, we'll call it plainly. Yeah. He was awful on Tuesday. He said so too. Uh, you know. So, but I do, I, I do, I do, I do have um, some hope. And, and look, I think that. It is going to be a work in progress. Obviously, you know, the Russ defenders will tell you that Russ always starts seasons mm-hmm. slowly 
uh, LeBron teams when their new pieces, new major pieces have tended to start pretty slowly. Um, and I think that it was not as far as lineup combinations and, and, and frankly, like, frankly, and frankly, mm. Frank, <laughs> frankly, oh, Frank, yeah. like some of it is right. Like the guys that he has available, yeah. the guys that he has available are not really defending. They're not like talented defensive guys. No, but I do not think the lineups were optimized in a nope. way that is going to get the best out of Russ. And so I am interested and th that's going to be a learning process, right? So I'm interested to see um, tonight if there's a shift towards more lineups that are, that are helpful um, to get Russ optimized, because I think to get the best version of this Lakers, like AD and LeBron can play in any scheme, any situation, and you're still going to get a, a lot out of them, but that may not be true for Russ. So I think it'll be interesting to see tonight if there's any adjustment to the rotation, the lineup combinations, et cetera, to try to optimize Russ, specifically offensively optimize Russ, because like the one thing Russ has always done is put up numbers. And so if, if you were going to let Russ put up numbers and then try to say like LeBron and AD can do anything whenever, I think that may be kind of the road that needs to be taken. I'm going to try to say this as like, <laughs> that was a very dramatic and pregnant pause you and know, nobody can see this, but you like leaned back in your chair and looked to the heavens for help. Uh, yeah. Literally looking at the sky right now. Um, so here's how the off season went for me. They traded for Russ. I wasn't thrilled with the trade for Russ and I said so. And, and you know what, to people on, on, to those who like yelled at me for my reaction to the Russ trade, I'll grant you that I, 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 I said those things condescendingly. And I also will say that the timing of it wasn't ideal. That like, even if I didn't agree with the move, like why tell a kid who just got a new toy that PS4 Pro is just as fine as PS5 right now? It's just, it's just like, why, why go up and kick the new toy, you know? Right. And so like, that's self-reflection. I, I appreciate this. Yeah, like I, I understand why the, uh, you know, the the reaction to my analysis was as visceral as it was. I get it now at this point. Um, that said, I shouldn't have let that reaction sway me from my initial instinct. And and like for me, if you're telling LeBron James to 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 play off of the ball, like that's not a player who should be playing with LeBron James. You know, like, and now they have, yeah, I think to. that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, that was, that was my argument against Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Last year is that right. like, and Dennis is a better shooter a off ball player than, than Russ is. Yeah. But I, I conceptually understood the idea of Dennis Schroeder. And in this case, Russell Westbrook, you know, taking some mileage off of LeBron and, and, and keeping the team afloat and even, you know, maybe winning some games, by themselves when LeBron is either not available or not on the floor. My issue with it though, is in the playoffs, every time LeBron is not handling the ball and making all of those decisions is a win for the defense. It is. Yeah. It's a, and, and so like, and it's funny that you bring up Schroeder too, because when they traded for Schroeder, if he would have come off of the bench, I think that move would have been fantastic. I think it would have really worked. I think, you know, adding a bench threat like that, who can run those lineups without LeBron and then play them alongside each other over the course of the season 
to, you know, figure out how to play together. Like, all right, I, I, I could have convinced myself on that. And I think here with Russ, it's you can't bring Russell Westbrook off of the bench. That's just a flat, no, not an no, option. No, that's no, not an option. No, no um, not happening. Yeah. And, and so if that's not an option, well, can you stagger them enough to where Russ has some minutes where he can be Russ? Like, I thought the problem with the first game here, and, and again, like, not, I'm, I'm not a fan of the trade. I would have preferred the Buddy Heel trade. I think that's going to go down as one of the bigger what ifs in, in Lakers history is that fork in the road moment where they could have gone in one direction over the other. But we are where we are right now. The Lakers are where they are right now. So you got you to gotta make the best out of this current situation. And I thought in that first game, even granting that some of that was forced by the personnel or the lack thereof because of injuries, I just thought that Frank did a really poor job of optimizing the situation for Russ. You can't play Rajon Rondo with Russell Westbrook. Like You can't do it. It's just, it's not... If if Rondo was more of a floor spacer that like defenses actually cared about his shooting, cool. Yeah, funny. you know what's funny is he has become like I was not even a competent, a better than average yeah. uh, catch and shoot guy. Rondo has, but however, there is a difference between <laughs> what your percentages say and and what your respect level around yeah. the league is. Right. So uh, so what I am really interested to see, and I don't think we're going to see it tonight. Um, because I, I, I'm pretty sure Frank is going to want um, a, a big there with next to Aiden, who may be playing for a contract or maybe yeah. hates Phoenix or whatever. Um, but I am interested to see. I mean, look, there just wasn't enough room to operate. The Lakers, the, the Warriors are, are very small, like specifically and by design. And the Lakers, one, got out rebounded and two, didn't get offensively, didn't get anything at the rim. Um, because there just wasn't any room and I don't know the argument for playing a traditional center, whether it's Dwight or look, you're not going to play AD at center for all, you know, whatever, 37 minutes that he's mm-hmm. going to play. But I don't know what the argument is to play a traditional center with AD, um, you know, start a traditional, if you're going to get beat on the backboards because there just isn't enough room. You can't get like LeBron didn't have anything at the rim. AD didn't have anything at the rim. Russ didn't have anything at the rim because the Warriors said, go for it. We're going to put five guys in the paint. Go for it. Like LeBron had a fantastic shooting night. Um, AD was really good too, but the Warriors don't care. Right. Or defenses just don't care. Go ahead. Like AD, go ahead. Shoot threes. You're going to make some of them. He's decent. AD is a decent shooter. You're going to make some of them. Yeah. But unless there is, and it's, it is about Russ, but it's not only about Russ. And frankly, like some of it, some of this, like, yeah, I don't think the lineups are optimized, but Russ, like you have to play better. Right. Yeah. Um, So I think that's part of it too. But unless the Lakers are able to like physically overwhelm teams um, playing big and playing the style that is most comfortable for them and most natural for Frank, the offense is going to suffer because there just isn't enough room. And it's not about like, it's not just about Russ. It is about all of the other guys, you know, LeBron is, is his ability to get to the rim is diminished. So I'm, I I think I suspect that what is going to happen is I think Frank is going to be like more fluid about what the starting lineup looks like. 
mm-hmm. and what the rotations look like. And it's going to be a work in progress. I don't know that we'll see that tonight, but I'm interested to see like, at what point are you just going to have to say like, it doesn't work all that well, unless we give Russ, unless we focus at least offensively, unless we focus on optimizing Russ. And I don't know that you can do that playing another non-shooting big. Yeah. Well, like I, we, I think it was last week. The three questions I had was, uh, can the defense get them out? And cause we know that the one way that they, they can succeed is to get out and run. Right. And when the Lakers looked their yes. best against golden state, it was when they got out and run, LeBron had that behind the head alley to Anthony Davis brought the house down, all that yes. stuff. Um, and by the way, shout out to the, to Staples center crowd. It was yeah. so much fun having oh, everybody man. back. And it I felt like imagine. a real, like it was a real thing. By the way, I got a, uh, I got a shirt for you if you want it. I got a eighteen thousand, whatever it is. Oh, the opening I like night. That. I got I got one for you. That was a, that was an awesome slogan. It was like yeah, eighteen I, something strong. However, may whatever like capacity. Hold on, let me let 18, me. Look. I'm eighteen. Grab it. No, it's hold on. Eight, I want to guess. I okay, eighteen. Right. Is it eighteen five fifty seven or nine ninety seven? It's nine ninety seven. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Yeah, I got yeah. one for you. Remind me, I got I got one for you. Oh yeah, thank you, man. Yeah. Um, but so like so for for like. So the three questions regarding the Lakers that I had was, we know that they need to get out and transition to, to function at their optimal level. So can they defend well enough to get out and transition often enough to operate at that optimal level? And if not, can they execute in the half court well enough to make up for the lack of stops and thus the lack of transition game that they're playing? And I think just based off of game one, um, we know that one is true, that they need to get out and run. We, 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 we had that confirmed. The question about whether they can get enough stops, I think very much remains at best unanswered. It, and then the second one here is, can they execute well enough in the half court? Again, at best unanswered, right? Unanswered to this point. I think that, look, LeBron to me, it, yes, it is unanswered to this point. That's fair, but... Um, to me, LeBron is the greatest problem solver ever, especially yeah. in half-court offense. Um, and so I trust LeBron and AD and Russ because of their prodigious talent and basketball. Like, Russ knows what he's good at and what he's not good at. He has some habits that he falls back into, which was my concern. But I trust LeBron to figure it out is basically what I'm going to say. I think, I think the, the defensive stuff is – I think that is the real question. Um, I trust LeBron to figure out the offense, the defense though. So, I mean, people think wildly different things of this guy, but I cite this often, Nate Duncan. Some people really like him. Some people don't, um, Mm -hmm. does, you know, I, I does a lot of, I I think he thinks about basketball in a smart way. He can be snarky and whatever. So whatever you think of him, but he describes defensive miscues, defensive failings or defensive players. If guys aren't any good defensively as one of three ways. And I think I try to like put my scout hat on and my, use my scout brain. And I think, I think this is a really good, and I don't even know if this is him, his original com, mm-hmm. uh, conception or if he got it from somewhere else, but I've heard it from him. He says, if somebody doesn't guard, it's one of three things. They mm-hmm. can't, they won't, or they don't know how. Yeah. And so I, I am afraid. One thing that has made me a little bit nervous about this Lakers season, as it relates to the defense is, like, I think there are maybe too many guys who can't. Like, 
Yeah. Like mellow. Me- mellow. He just can't. He cannot. Right. Yeah. He just he just can't. Anymore. One of the funniest moments of opening night was when he dipped into I think I, I don't even think he like intended to do this, but he was involved in a pick and roll and he went into drop coverage against Stephen Curry with the ball at the three point line. Yeah. 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 And then, and, <laughs> and then Rondo the like shot. fouled Steph at the three point. Line. It's well, there was like another Steph one who was, was having just... a not great game. It's here's six free points. Yeah. And, and what it was funny that after Steph hit that shot, it felt like everybody who has ever been a part of the Lakers organization was telling Melo like, get up. What? Mm-hmm. Get up. <laughs> it was, well, it's not like I, Melo's new to like, you don't know what this dude does. Right. Right. Well, cause it was in, in and this is the one thing that if you're looking for a reason to be more optimistic, um, you can point to is that like, again, maybe Melo just can't, but no, he, yeah, he can't. He, yeah. He, he cannot anymore. No, he right. cannot. But like, but I will say that like on that play, he was held to account, right? Like on that play, they immediately yeah. told him, dude, what the, what yeah, but doing? that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, but that is why the distinction is yeah, important. Can't yeah. Because yeah. Because like Russ loses attention, and so you can say he won't, right? But there is hope for that, right? That you can, there's coaching and there's help being held accountable and there's game planning and all of that. Won't is the one that's fatal, because, or excuse me, can't is the one that's fatal because like, yeah, could look. Melo needs to get up on that screen. Like it's Steph fucking Curry. Like you need to be, you need to be up there, right? But yeah. like. Even in the best of times, he's not going to be where yeah. he, you probably need him be because he physically can't anymore. DeAndre, there's questions about that also, but DeAndre is still enormous mm-hmm. and like in drop coverage can be effective, right? That's that's like a scheme thing. Um, but with Melo, like when he is forced to be out on the, he just can't. He cannot. So yeah, with with all of the guys that are injured. And this is why the THT injury and, and uh, the Ariza injury. And look, we don't know about Ariza, right? Um, but that's why those two injuries specifically are so important because those are the wing size, even big wing size guys that are available. Um, and it forces Carmelo Anthony into guarding Steph Curry in pick and rolls. And you're just going to like, you lose. When that mm-hmm. happens, you lose as a defense. Yeah. You lose. Period. You gotta hope he misses. <laughs> like, yeah, you have to hope. You have to hope the best guy ever on planet Earth misses. Cool. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> but yeah, I. So I think where I'm standing right now is there are tweaks that can be made. Russ is not going to play that poorly again. I don't I think. And I think Russ and, is going to be good tonight. By the way maybe i hope so i just like like the thing for me is the thing that the that i guess the the unstoppable force and immovable object here is can frank vogel a a defensive-minded coach figure out an offensive problem is that something that 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 can take place here now he has help you know he has some he has some he has some help you know whether it comes to lebron or the other assistant coaches, Rondo is also a great offensive mind. Um, the problem, though, like with the last guy that I mentioned, is Rondo is kind of the problem. So is Rondo, you know, capable of saying like, "Hey, man, I, you could play with, you could play with me, LeBron and AD, but you can't put me out there with Russ. You can't. Like that's just not something that is going to work." And and no, we'll look, see. lineups, line, look, lineups with Russ and Rondo and a center. Like, I don't, 
and mellow i think i mean yeah i, I don't I, there was a lineup at one point that made me vomit like i had to clean it up <laughs> and it wasn't the liquor <laughs> yeah it was and, and i think it was like it was russ rondo i want to say monk mellow and ad and i was just like this is this can't happen it might have been base it might have been base um mellow and nad and i was just like that that's not you can't do that that's not that's and that and that's by the way something that i would have hoped that they would have figured out like you can't do that in the preseason <laughs> sure <laughs> like, but especially <laughs> especially with this roster with like so many guys injured yeah um like any any lineup that you put out there any decision that you make is going to come with consequences right yeah. this is not yeah like it, it is whatever, like, you know, using a bunch of fingers to plug holes in the dam, right? Like right. you can kind of address or hope to address something over here with a lineup, but you're going to give something up over here because the roster as it stands now with a bunch of guys hurt is just not like, I think it's fair to say maybe there were some issues even at full strength, but with, with a bunch of guys out, like there are real holes in the roster yeah. and I don't know what the best solution is. Um, I just think that for now it probably behooves the Lakers to tend towards offensive decisions, which is not what is comfortable for, for Vogel, mm -hmm. but tend towards offensive decisions that make Russ the most comfortable Yep, and say, just like Vogel coach LeBron AD, like that is enough to make us competent defensively. We're going to need some more, from Russ offensively and defensively, by the way, like the, you, you can't have, I'm, Russ not sure that's playing, I'm not sure that's coming though. Maybe hope, maybe not, but I'm saying that like, he's not playing hard enough on offense to be able to say like, I'm exhausted. I can't make that rotation or whatever, you know, like if, and this is, this is what it comes down to with when, when we, when the Lakers traded for Russ in the first place is like, can he tweak the things that he needs to tweak to make this work? And if you're still concerned that he cannot focus defensively or he cannot operate off of the ball, set screens, cut, do stuff like that, then like, you know, we might look back on that as a mistake. Well, um, I, I, wanna... I think it, I think it is. We haven't seen it. Russ is physically capable. Yeah. Um, we just haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to really quickly uh, touch on the top 75 and well, I guess it's the top what a 76. disaster that was. Does that mean that it's going to be a, like they're going to do a 76 players again next year because it's going to be the 76th anniversary? Yeah, like, maybe that... no, they just keep them. Like, they it's just tied. Yeah. And the, the release was awful. It just, it was an absolute, it was a mess. The whole yeah. thing was a mess. It was brutal in, in, in every aspect of the way that it could have been brutal. And to me, it was, it was a flawed system. Now they're saying that technically voters could have taken people out of the top 50. Yes. Right? And that yes. technically that is a thing that could have happened. I don't believe them. I think they're lying. Lying is cool in a spot like this where you could say like, you can do that technically, but posthumously, I don't think some of these guys are going to be taken out. And they, need, and they needed to be. They will. That's my thing is that the only way this could have been legitimate is if you tell me that like Dave Debeshear is the no Bush, longer. The Busher, but yeah. 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 The Busher. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Uh, if you're telling me that that he is better than Clay Thompson, stop! No. Like stop! We, look. No, there there is not a single. All right, there is not a. 
I'm going to I'm going to be nice and say the 70s. But frankly, I think it starts about the 90s. <laughs> but there is Maybe. not a single player from the 70s, 60s, 50s. They can't play into who maybe Wilt. Wilt is the one exception, I think. And maybe Russell. Maybe. Bill Russell would get destroyed in the NBA today. Dwight Howard, who didn't make who is the most shocking of it. Dwight Howard, there is no credible argument for leaving Dwight Howard off, right? None. Even at the expense of AD, I think AD has a better case than Dame. But yeah. Are you you Dwight Howard would embarrass Bill Russell? He would embarrass him. <laughs> Bill Russell would not, would quit basketball against. I think White Bill Howard. Russell was like six six one seventy. Bill, I mean, which is a wing. Like, I don't. That's I don't a, know. That's, that's Kent Bazemore. <laughs> I, I, uh, this makes me furious. I, it is. I don't know why, because we have this like nostalgic thing about like your grandfather's NBA and all these guys your dad watched and your grandfather watched. Why do we think that basketball is like the single human endeavor that no does sports. Not, yeah, sports. Sport, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 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 B- uh, Babe Ruth. Okay, cool. Why didn't he play against black people? Well, like B- Babe Ruth was like eating hot dogs and, and smoking cigarettes in between yeah. bats. Yeah. Okay, right. cool. Um, yeah, good good luck going up against, I don't know, Clayton Kershaw or something. Good luck, Babe. Yeah. Your best pitcher back then might have thrown like 90, maybe. It's so this this I don't to be and and nobody here is gonna like me saying this but i am willing to be inflammatory like i'm not even sure like the showtime lakers guys like mm, man go watch go watch i I, is it 80 it's either i think it's 87 game four i watch it on youtube periodically i think it's 87 the the finals against the celtics i watch i think it's game four on youtube periodically Mm -hmm. and it like it looks like a different sport than now. Yeah, right. Like I'm I'm still waiting to see Magic dribble with his left hand. It's just a different sport, right? Like who is Larry Bird like guarding now? He can't. He simply cannot. <laughs> I have called Larry Bird Nikola Mirotic in booty shorts a few times on Twitter, and I stand by it. So this notion that all of these old dudes right have to because of their contribution. I just got to stop you for a second, dude. Yeah. You just made me think of Nikola Mirotic and booty shorts. I'm You're sorry. a freaking monster. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. If we need to pause so you can get another beverage, I apologize. I just like, like Tracy McGrady didn't make it. Like, yeah, Grant Hill didn't make it. Tracy McGrady. I, I look, I think Dwight is the most glaring omission. Yeah. I think I like, there isn't a power is up there. Like, if they're saying for impact on the sport, Powell has to be on that list. Like if you're talking about, if you're just talking about as basketball players, then none of those guys you're talking about from 70 and prior make it. Correct. But like, if you're, if you're Clay talking should about be like, there, Draymond should be there. And I, and look, it's not like it is a zero sum game. I recognize that, you know, we do this thing like for all-star snubs, right. Where yeah. everybody's like, this person had to make it. Okay. Who are you taking off? Well, I'm going right. to tell you who like, there are it's guys. It's always through. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> always rude and then he cries it is always rudy gobert and then he and then, and then he literally cries but like i just i don't i understand like the contribution to the game stuff but like and, and all of these old time guys you know have, have diminished some of the new guys like step like 
Uh, can you imagine like Kevin Durant playing in the 50s or the 60s? Like, they would be like, this is not a human. <laughs> Don't like, even make we... it Kevin Durant, dude. I used to say that like Smush Barker would st- step into a, a 1950s game and would be a Hall of Famer. Like uh, a Hall of Famer? He yeah. would be the all-time He'd great. be on this what, list. Like, He'd be correct. on this list. <laughs> like Paul Arzi. Like, oh, come on. Like... What John put John Havel like John Havelcheck couldn't play in high school now. You know one actual clause that they should have put in here? They should have cut the list off at before black players were allowed in the NBA. That is one thing that they definitively should have done is that the league was literally too racist to allow people to play, and the game suffered because of it. So if you played in the league before then, sorry. You might have had a great career. None of those dudes are alive anyway. Right. Well, I mean, I'm sure their families would care. But like if if you're if you're looking at if you're looking at, you know, how to eliminate some of these names and get a few more of them from current from the current era on there, I think that's how I would have done it. That's how I would have I think it is like it is just like a it is an impossible endeavor, right? So like to be fair to the voters, it's an impossible endeavor. Like how am I supposed to, you know, compare Bill Russell and Dwight, right? Like, well, I don't know what to do there. The Dwight would, D- Dwight, like, would ob- objectively, Dwight would destroy him. But, like, I don't know what you're supposed to do to compare the different eras. That is very difficult. It's, you know, that conversation of the, the 17 Warriors and the 01 Lakers and the 96 or whatever one you want, Bull, mm-hmm. like, or the, like, that's, it's a, there, it is a question with no actual answer. Right. And it's it's asked because it generates conversations like it asked because we're doing this now. Objectively, they did botch the handling of the release of it. Oh, my God. Because like the three trickling it in because they wanted to have it like three different days of news is wrong because then people would be like people on Twitter were. Well, maybe they didn't botch it because we hate we hate discussed it on Twitter. Yeah. But maybe it was like but then you have the problem of like okay, well, is the last list the best guys, the top 25 guys, but there's no order. So who are we actually waiting for? We don't know if some guys were left, like, right, Carmelo and Dwight. Like, they're not yeah. going to be in the top 25, but they should be there. Right. So if they weren't on there before, does that mean they're not because the last guys are the top right. 25? Kobe no, but Jordan was on there. Until the like, third day. You know, and Yeah. They should have just done. I blocked the NBA account. Eventually, I got so <laughs> sick of that stupid freaking thread that I just said, the you know what? Sucks I can't too, do this anymore. Way. Yeah, it was just it was just done by some like you could just tell it was thrown together. And 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 I thought it was perfectly symbolic of like Adam Silver's tenure so far, where like, God forbid, he makes an actual decision and they actually ran with 76 players on a 75 player list. Like, it's so perfect. It, everything about it was perfectly NBA. So I don't know why they didn't just do a made-for-TV event on you let TNT do it, Ernie and, and all the guys do it. Yeah. And just release them all. And then you've got a separate thing to sell. You've got a separate TV thing. And just do an hour-long thing where you can, re- like, you know, like uh, March Madness, you release the bracket. They do the whole thing. They release all the guys. And then and then they can have the guy, look, Chuck and Shaq probably have no, no idea who two-thirds of the guys are. So it yeah. wouldn't have made for a great discussion. But you let them argue about the couple guys that they know and who should be and who shouldn't be like the, the trickling it out just was awful because people didn't know how it worked. Well, and also doing it, doing it during the wild games are being played. Like do that in the off season. Why are you doing it right now? 
you could have done it in the offseason. You generate more conversation during dead period. And and it would have been it would have been a more talked about thing. Now it was just like games were going on. It was like, congratulations to Kobe Bryant. And everybody's like, wait, excuse me, what? He wasn't like one of the first people I announced. He's a B. B is right. If you're saying it's yeah, but that's that was the thing. Are you doing this alphabetically? There's no yeah. order to it, right? Because people didn't right. they just said who's on the list, who isn't on the list. It wasn't like this guy had the most votes, so he's number one. We don't know. Yeah. It was, and it, also, was, it was botched. Make it also, if, if the point of it, which it was, if the point of it was to get us to talk about it, make it ranked. Who yeah, got the yeah, most votes? Go. Yeah. Who got yeah, the but most? The NBA doesn't want to take that stance. Yeah. Well, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's perfectly again. The NBA is it's currently run. We are too scared to even say that Michael Jordan is better than Bob Cousy. Yeah. What but again, like, here? but the, here's the thing, right? Like, if you're going to rank it, you can't have those guys. Who's a better basketball player? Clay Thompson or Bob Cousy? Right. <laughs> Who's a better basketball player? I might be a better basketball player than Bob Cousy. And I haven't <laughs> touched a basketball in five years. In fact, I will, I'm saying I am a better basketball player than Bob Cousy. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I would Pistol, agree. By the way, Pistol Pete also didn't do nothing either. He was fantastic in college, but he didn't do a whole lot either. Not in the NBA, no. Nope. Um, all right. I mean, Let's he did average like 46 points a game at LSU without a three-point line, however. I think they said that, like, if there was a three-point line, he would have averaged, like, close to 60 points a game. Yeah. <laughs> Chris That's Mullen he... belongs on the list. Dwight Howard is the biggest omission. But, yeah. like, Chris Mullen belongs on the list. Clay, Tom... Clay and Dre belong on the list. I mean, yeah. it was... Well, All the really old dudes got to go. It's really going to look bad, like, 20 years from now when those guys' careers are finally over and you look back on their career and you're like, hold on, Clay wasn't on that. Excuse me? Right. You know what I'm saying? No, like, but let's st- talk about... No, Dwight. Dwight is eight-time All-NBA. What, like, what, right. are, we, what are we back doing Back-to-back-to-back. To back to back he was three-time defensive year. player of the year. He's Runner got a up, title MVP. Now. What are we doing here? Yeah. Took it. Took a team to the... Helped revolutionize the sport with the four-out, four one-in uh, approach. It, yeah, I... I agree. I mean, to be honest, I don't know if Laker fans are going to like me saying this, but Dwight has a better case than AD too, by the way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have the same same title again. Well, it's like they, they have, yeah, right. You have, they have the same title. Uh, Does AD have a defensive player of the year? Mm, I don't believe so. No, I don't think he does. I don't believe so. Uh, Doesn't have an MVP. Doesn't have, doesn't have an MVP or never got as close to MVP as Dwight did. Um, didn't do a whole other than other than punking Dame in, yeah. in that first round. Who, by, by the, the way, way Dame is Dame, on the list. AD has a better case than Dame. Like Dwight yeah. should be in over Dame. Dame should be in too because Dame is a better basketball player than Dave DeBusher. So he should be in too. So my argument here is not with Dame, but like, yeah, what is the argument for Dame over Dwight? Well, there isn't one. No, no, no. I mean, Dame is more popular currently. I maybe cool. Yeah, like maybe people don't NBA like Dwight. Didn't okay, want to cool. be like. The, the Adam Silver didn't want a, a song written about him, which you know what? Laker yeah. fans will like me saying this. I'm not sure Paul Pierce. Uh, oh, <laughs> Paul, Paul, no, Paul Pierce. I don't know. Mm. Not over, mm. not over, not over Dwight for sure. Not over Dwight. Yeah. Get him out of here. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. It's time for story time. Oh boy. Given I got the way two. that given the way that Ben Simmons has approached practice and, and approached his reapproach to the uh, 76ers this week, I asked you before we went live, uh, what is your favorite disrespectful practice moment? Yes. So I have two 
And I always like, before you say, hey, before you give me these ideas, which I actually love because it like jogs all these old memories for me, <laughs> I always have one in my mind. And so eventually I'm going to get to uh, playing dice with Ruben Patterson. <laughs> eventually we will get to that, but that is not for this week. Can Ruben Patterson become like our Matt Damon? Like, sorry, Matt Damon, we didn't have enough time for it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> shooting dice, shooting dice with Ruben Patterson is an experience. I will, I, I can assure you. I'm sure. However, that is not for this week. Maybe that as he's be next rolling week. the dice, as he's just going like Kobe stopper, Kobe stopper, Kobe stopper, shoot. <laughs> In fact, yes. <laughs> and then he just craps out every time. Seven stopper, eleven stopper. <laughs> So, all right. So you asked me for disrespectful practice stories. Uh-huh. And so I have two. One uh, from me or when I was in high school, but I'll tell, I'll tell the, uh, the blazer one uh, first. The blazer one's quick and it's like kind of funny and kind of sad. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is back in mm, 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Blazers have acquired Channing Fry uh, mm-hmm. in a trade with the Knicks. I think it was, I want to say it was uh, Zebo. We traded Zebo to the Knicks, got back uh, on draft day, and mm-hmm. got back um, a, a handful of guys, including including uh, Channing Fry, who is a really good dude and loves Portland, and I believe has made his like permanent home. Married a girl who's from Portland. And I believe makes his like permanent offseason home in Portland. He was he was a good player. All right. But on was, June 28th, 2007, Fry was traded along with yeah. Steve Francis to the Portland Trailblazers in exchange for Zach Randolph, Fred Jones, and Dan Diggout. Diggout. Yes. So I want I think this is like 2009, 2008 or 2009 at this point. He's been around a little bit. And he was a big, he was one of the, he was really good at Arizona and he was one of the first like kind of stretchy centers. Right. Uh, and so Nate McMillan is the coach and just gets completely. He's so sick of Channing and Channing not <laughs> in practice, not like not battling, not getting in the paint and then in games it's happening. So he decides, and and I, he just does this like right off the cuff. He just it just occurs to him, and he just so, so one practice, he starts. This is probably not. This would probably not be. Uh, this would probably be more frowned upon in 2021 than it was in like 2008. But mm-hmm. a lot is uh, he starts calling uh, Channing Shannon in practice. Oh no, because he's so soft, because he's like so soft. And he's cursing him out and yelling at him. God damn it, Shannon, if you don't get in the fucking and block somebody out, if you don't beat someone. And so for the whole practice, he's doing it and over and over and over. And the guys are just dying laughing. Yeah. <laughs> like eventually it becomes like the thing. So everybody's calling him Shannon. Oh no. <laughs> and so it gets to the point where he's done it so much. And everybody like we can't do and we can't run through anything because everybody is just dying laughing. So we have to shut down practice. Oh no! Because and it carried <laughs> over. He did it for like a, another year and a half. He what? Ca- he would only call. He would call him Shannon all the time because like he's so fucking soft. You sh- oh my he god! Would, he would, in games, he would like yeah. he would say he would be like, "Hey, go get Shannon." <laughs> like somebody yeah. goes sub for Shannon. <laughs> oh my god! So, 
Nate McMillan called Channing Fry Shannon for like two years because of good. He thought he was soft. Lord, and Channing didn't. I almost called him Shannon. Channing didn't do anything about it. Didn't no, say anything he's about such it. a good dude, and he's yeah. a good player too. And yeah. he like took it, it before his at time. First, yeah, he was. He was. He, he took it well. Uh, he's such a. He's he is a kind soul. He's a good dude. He was a good player too. Yeah. Uh, Obvious so, yeah, disclaimer the- here for those of you listening. Clearly, not great to say that you are inherently soft because you're a woman. Okay. Like I agree. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That is just so that we know that was never okay, but it was considered more okay for a coach to do in 2009 than it is now. All right. Cool. Yes. And by the way, they had a really good relationship too. So yeah. um, I think that's the kind of thing you can only do if you have a good relationship. Like if you don't, if you I mean, don't people, like somebody, people do it anyway, but it, yeah. You only, yes. Yeah. But you can only like eventually, cause eventually if they don't have a good relationship, Channing is like, look, I'll show you soft. How about that coach? And he goes, Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, look, uh, I'm trying to put hands on Nate. <laughs> Nate ain't no yeah. punk. I <laughs> like Shannon's uh, Shannon here. I said it. Channing's see, I can't, I, every time I talk about him, I always do it. Channing is a big boy, but like, I ain't trying to put hands on Nate. Nate yeah, ain't it's no also punk. true. But Nate I think, no punk. well, it's like you said, though, like you're the whole reason you were ready to fight Bo Jackson was because you didn't want to get punked. He was getting, he was getting punked. He was two yeah, years in front of the whole team. Yeah. Yeah, he was. So I like it. He was getting punked at first. After that, I think it was like kind of a term of endearment and it just kind yeah. of was what it was. Yeah. But he definitely was getting punked at first. He was getting disrespected at practice. I would love to ask off the record, Nate McMillan and Channing Fry, if like, all right, Nate, what is Channing saved at as in your phone? <laughs> That's good. I mean, look, the guys I still the guys from from those Blazer teams that I still talk to definitely still like think of him as Shannon. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's saving their phone, but I, they definitely like, that is not a story. Like if, if you gave truth serum to everybody on those blazer, those blazer rosters, they would tell you the same story. Uh, and how about how we giggled about it? Uh, so in high school, we, my senior year of high school, we were pretty good. We were probably the second best team in the city. The best team in the city um, uh, was Balboa, who I think ended up finishing second in the state that year and mm-hmm. like didn't lose a game. And we had uh, we had we had two pretty big dudes, this dude Joe and a dude Luther, who were like six 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 seven. Those were our big guys. And so we're playing Balboa, and um, somebody from Balboa drives base. I went to uh, shout out shout out George Washington High School where I went. In San Francisco, somebody drives baseline and just hammers one down on Luther, and the mm. bench, our bench, loses oh, it, no. cackling, <laughs> loses it, like because he got destroyed. Yeah, just I mean terribly. So you use you, his you, name and everything. Yeah, Luther. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who got Luther, but somebody got Luther. Yeah. Uh, and so the next day. We show up for, for practice and uh, coach Schwartz, our, our basketball coach, who was like a 76 year old former Marine and oh. used to do, he would like try to get us in the weight room and he would do, uh, he would bench press with his feet off the ground. <laughs> he would cross his legs and take his feet off the bench oh, and, of just, and just rep two plates. And the dude was like 76 years old. <laughs> he was a for, former Marine and a math teacher somehow. So that sounds right. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. Coach Schwartz, he was like five, six too. So 
we show up, we do like we warm up, do a couple laps, and he has a ladder out, like next mm-hmm. to one of the one of the hoops. Like, all right, this is weird. <laughs> What's going on? And so while while we're running to warm up, he is like taking the um, the net off the rim. Mm. Go, okay, this is definitely odd. <laughs> this is very odd. Now, yeah. He goes, okay, guys, like line up, right? Everybody, like, come by me, line up. And he goes, oh, we're gonna do like a, we're like a little rebounding thing, a little rebounding drill. Okay, we haven't done this before. All right, yeah. what is this? All right, I mean, we we got our brains beat in because Balboa was really good. And so he says, so and so, I don't remember who it was that he, I think it was Miles. Who goes, all right, Miles, you're up first. And he goes, okay, like stand here in rebound position, get kind of like box out but you got to stand under the rim like you're gonna box somebody out and then when i say go you're gonna like back them out right to get them away from the rim so you can get a rebound mm-hmm. he goes miles goes okay so he stands under the rim coach is a uh, coach schwartz is on the ladder takes the ball and throws it as hard as he can through the through the rim with no net on it and smacks miles in the face <laughs> and he goes <laughs> he goes now you know what it feels like to get dunked on you will never ever make fun of your teammate oh for getting God. dunked on again so he made everybody go one-on-one in line oh no and get get quote-unquote dunked on and he yeah. threw the ball through the rim and to hit everybody in the face and i'm like man i ain't doing that hell no and he goes if you put your hands up you gotta run no man I i'll run that. No, i you ain't throwing out you ain't hitting me in the face hell no yeah. <laughs> i ain't doing that <laughs> <laughs> so like six or eight of the guys like went through it and just got pegged in the face and he threw it as hard as he could standing on the ladder he throws it through the rim yeah told us it was a rebounding drill throws it through the rim but he had taken the net off so that it would so it wouldn't be stopped by anything <laughs> and so like six or eight of our guys just got pelted in the face that's at amazing full speed and i'm like nah man i ain't doing this <laughs> so nope. all right i think i've 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 just enough time to tell this story and it is uh, not that kind of disrespectful, but it's a kind of dis- disrespectful that is, is I think you guys will enjoy it. So my freshman year, the, the, the varsity team, I didn't make varsity, but um, the varsity team was sorry. It was a bad varsity team. And we had this point guard who will remain nameless because I like their family. But we Expose had this point. Him. No, I like the family. I, 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 right, I, fine, you know, they're nice fine. people. But they, we had this point guard. And, and, um, that varsity team swore up and down. He was the fastest. He was like the best point guard, this and that and the other. And, um, we had a coach back then who, uh, will also remain nameless because he has since passed away. So I'm not gonna, not gonna throw him under the bus either. I like that better. That's fair. We'll just say that he, um, had preferences when it came to, uh, players, um, how do you mean in terms of their back? He was a little racist. Oh, okay, saying. okay, okay. Um, and so, so he like guys that looked like you more than guys that looked like me. Even he did really, he find out that you were not white guy? Yeah, he didn't like me. Oh, then you didn't. Uh, you ain't no good either. Then. He was like, yeah, he was, yeah. So, so he, um, because back then it was like coming out of summer camp, and 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 I, you know, I was like tan because you know you had time back then to go out yep. and go to the pool yeah. and go to the beach. So I was not one of his pre- preferred players. I mean, we had this point guard who was one of his preferred players, and was he um, blonde. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we had this, like we blonde. had this, 
he, 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 we had this point guard and he was fine. Like I, by the time I got to my senior year, I, I think I was considerably better at, at basketball than he was, but, um, he, uh, there was like a we went to a school that had like 4,000 kids and every year you had these new kids like try out and apparently this there was the backstory here is that this kid had tried out um in the summer and didn't make the team and was livid that he didn't make the team um and so he was just talking shit constantly he would show up and heckle our own games and to be completely honest i think he was in the right you know, and he, okay, all right. He was he was one of those kids who uh, was not of the preferred background uh-huh. um, that this coach had, and so he uh, he shows up, and and the coach had had enough of it. And so he, after one of our after one of Varsity's games, the coach like points to the stands and says, "You hang back here," and tells one of the teachers who were in the stands, "Like, hey, grab that kid. I want to talk to that kid after the game." Okay, so. So apparently how, how it went down was, and I, I wish I remembered the kid's name, but I do not. The way that it went down was the coach says to this kid, hey, you have been to like four straight games and you're still angry that you didn't make the team. Would you like an opportunity to make the team? Kid goes, yeah, that sounds okay, cool. like it. Okay, okay. cool. Yeah. So he shows up to eight. So coach says, all right, I'm going to, you know, you can come to practice and I want you to play one-on-one against our current starting point guard, this blonde kid that you talked about a second ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the kid goes, cool, I'll take that deal. So he shows up and he fucking smokes our starting point. Yeah. Okay. Kills him. Just, he just rips him to shreds and, and like somewhat to, to the the blonde kids. Um, I like that we're now referring to him as a blonde kid, but you ain't want to give his name. You ain't want to expose him. I I like, I like, I like, you know, I like the family and, and I think at this stage of my career, there's a chance that they might be listening. So um, the, so the, the, this, this, uh, this one kid was not built for like one-on-one he's like Derek Fisher, right? Mm-hmm. He was a good team defender, but Derek Fisher wasn't beating anybody one-on-one right? as evidenced by Matt Barnes. And so like with, <laughs> with, 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 um, you said that <laughs> with, uh, with this kid, this kid rips him to shreds and coach goes to him. Hey man. All right. Congratulations. You proved your point. You are in fact better than our starting point guard. Here's your uniform. Kid throws a uniform, spits on it, walks out. Says, "I want to love it. Fucking team anyway. Love it. It was in. Love it. Yeah, Good for him. Had, had I Can not we say been, his like, name? Huh? No, Can I'm say saying it? I wish I remember. You don't his know. Name. You don't remember his name. I don't remember because I, I, you know, I. He was a senior. I he was needs a, a shout out. Yeah, I would love to shout him out. If you're listening and you know and you know who you are, come on the show. I'm I'm offering you an open invitation to come on the show. I want um, to break down this one-on-one. Is there is there like Zapruder film of no. this one of this one-on-one? Dude, I'm telling you, it was brutal. They played, you know, one dribble, one-on-one. Yeah, I uh, know it was two dribble, two dribble, yeah. one-on-one, which made the game easier, by the way, for the current point guard because that guy had no handle, yeah. right? And and like how, how they had what more class dri- was he? Because you're saying the dude that beat him was a senior, right? Yeah, they were both seniors. Oh, they were both okay. seniors. Well, that doesn't help then. Yeah. Um. So so. Yeah, there, there was every incentive to make it look like the current point guard was better, and they tried, and it just it was he just was mean. not. He was he got ripped at, at constantly. I, uh-huh. I think I What's think he the doing final now? is a CPA. Uh, What's he doing now? Maybe that sounds about right. Or, yeah, works in finance. Yeah, no, he's actually uh, you know he was the Lakers shooting coach and is now no. <laughs> easy. 
easy. Hennessy is delicious. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's that's my disrespectful story. It was the most incredible moment, maybe of my high school basketball career. <laughs> and and it's like if I wasn't physically afraid of our coach because he was also like military background, all those things, I would have clapped for the guy who walked out. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I, I like it. I, I respect. I respect it. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast, this episode of The Hook. Thank you guys a ton for tuning in, uh, despite the the tough opening to this Lakers season. Hopefully it gets better tonight. I, I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance it gets better. Um, I think this game could resemble the the game against Utah a couple of years ago, where the Lakers, Lakers kind of learned Lakers tonight. Some... Lakers win yeah. tonight. All right, all right. I'll be there, and I will be there. Come say hi if you're there. Lakers there you go. Tonight. That is Aaron Arsul. I'm Anthony Irwin. And this was The Hook.